holy name of Jesus. Amen. I may be seated. We're going to talk about abortion today, and uh, but we're going to do so in a way that's not meant to condemn you on one side or just gross you out on the other. Uh, I'm not going to use any graphic or gory details here other than saying that abortion is the intentional ending of a child's life while it's still in its mother's womb. So don't be worried about whether or not there's like something else, some big clincher at the end coming down the line here. Um, I think this is something that's very important for us to talk about and that the church has not always done this in the best way. Either we just go around and roundly condemn everyone for uh, having some hand in it, or we just bash people over the head with it, uh, neither of which things are constructive, I don't think. I remember people protesting outside my high school, and I never, it never really changed my mind with the signs. I wasn't ever like, well, those seem like reasonable people that I would like to listen to. It just didn't work like that, and I was like, well, those people are insane. Um, so I think the church can do better than that. Uh, on, the other side, on the other hand, we may have uh, just kind of ignored it sometimes because it's hard to talk about. Um, but last year, there were somewhere around uh, 850,000 abortions in our country last year. Uh, compare this with 350,000 COVID deaths, and you can see that this is a big deal. It's not a small problem. And if we did actually want to do something about this as a country, we totally could. I mean, just trillions and trillions of dollars materialized out of thin air uh, this past year. We've seen this um, like a couple times now. If we wanted to stop it, we could. But then here's the another thing that is so troubling is that uh, 50, this, this is not things that happen, is happening to other people. This is, this is happening to us. 54% of all abortions are done by women who claim to be some sort of Christian. Like, this is not a distant thing. This is right here with us. So we are clearly not dealing with this in the right or best way if the majority of these children even had Christian mothers. But the church has always had some way to talk about these sorts of tragedies. We prohibited it from the, sort, from the start, of course, but then, if anyone is uh, celebrating the 12 days of Christmas, um, on the fourth day, we celebrate the feast day of the Holy Innocents. The children that were told about in, in Bethlehem all the children under the age of two who were slaughtered by Herod, Bethlehem, and its surrounding community. That's terrible. We're told about that, and then we celebrate them on the fourth day of Christmas. Today, if you're keeping track, and kids, uh, kids who you know, haven't cashed in in all 12 days, it's, uh, there's two days left. So, parents, I hope you have more presents to give them. Because uh, it's fantastic. Twelve whole days of Christmas. But there it is. We're told about this. That King Herod searches for the newborn little baby Jesus. And sees him already as a threat to his, his uh, reign and his, his, his kingdom. 
So even in his infancy, Jesus is a threat to the rulers of this world. The manger looks so cute, and we love little baby Jesus, but don't get too comfortable there at the manger. Mary and Joseph quickly flee to Egypt. They flee for their lives, and they flee with his life. People are sometimes surprised when they aren't magically healed and when their lives don't just all of a sudden get better when they're baptized. Well, don't be surprised. Do not be surprised at the fiery trial that comes upon you as if it were something strange. These things are headed your way. Of course they are. This happened to Jesus, and it can happen to you too. And it will happen to you. And I think what we're actually called to do as a church is to suffer together. 75% of, of the aborted children in our country come from people who are below the poverty line and think that they just can't afford to have a baby. No one can afford to have a baby. It never makes any mathematical or financial sense. It just doesn't. But maybe that's where we come in. If you're in that situation, well, talk to us. We can figure it out. You got a group of people here who are here to suffer with you and to help you and to love you. This is important. And I think we've lost this. The church has always lamented the death of these children that are sacrificed by Herod. And we also lament the death of these children that are sacrificed by us and our own people in the name of poverty or convenience. But why is this so sad to us? Why can't we just say, well, it's fine for me, but not for you know, other people. They can do what they want. Why do we care? Well, we see that in the life of Jesus, that unborn life even is sacred and precious. It's not just from his birth, not just from Christmas that Jesus has redeemed the world, but from his very conception, from his very incarnation, when the angel Gabriel comes and speaks Jesus into her womb through her ears, that is when he begins saving the world. The saving work of Christ is already being carried out in the womb. John the Baptist leaps for joy when he comes near, and Jesus blesses even from the womb. Jesus comes to redeem the lives of those who are even yet unborn. Maybe you have your own holy innocents, whose lives were taken from them before they were born, while Jesus is conceived for them too. He loves those children, and you love them too. We see today, too, that infant life, after they're born, too, is precious and sacred. Joseph and Mary quickly take Jesus into hiding because his life is on the line, and they don't just cast him aside. Well, like, well, this is going to be dangerous for us. We'll just get rid of the baby. Sounds terrible to us, but back then it was fairly agreeable to do such a thing to discard a child if you didn't want to have it anymore. Christians then were noted during the days of the early church for rescuing babies from the garbage dump. Yes, that sounds horrific. And there's a reason that sounds horrific to you. It's because Christianity became the dominant culture and we said, you can't do that anymore. 
you shouldn't do that. And then, if those children are worth carrying for nine months in the womb, and if those children are actually worth rescuing from the garbage dumps, when exactly do they stop being precious and sacred? Like when they get to be five years old or when they can change their own diapers or something? Well, no. They never stop being precious and sacred. Your life, you are precious and sacred. You were one of those children that we fight for. You were one of those children. Yes. You were one of those children that we weep for even when we remember the holy innocence. Your life is holy. Your life is valuable simply by your being alive, by receiving the gift of life. You are worth redeeming by this child Jesus who comes not only to redeem and to save the little children, the ones who suffer atrocities, but also to redeem and save those who have grown up and committed the atrocities and sins as well. Jesus has come into the flesh to redeem those who suffer and those who cause the suffering. He suffers with you. And you are baptized into his suffering and baptized into his death and he is baptized into your suffering and baptized into your death so that his cross is your cross and his resurrection is your resurrection. Your baptized life is worth redemption no matter what you have done or where you have come from because see that your life is an absolute miracle. Life is a miracle. It's taken from the ground, breathed into by the Lord himself, and we all receive this gift never even asking for it. I did not ask to be born and neither did you. It's all gift. Every breath is a gift. And this breath continues to be blown into us. One day your breathing will stop. But only for a short time. And then, in the same way the breath was first given to man, it will be given again. And the spirit of the living God will blow upon the world again and blow into your nostrils and into your lungs. And the spirit of the living God then will raise those who sleep in their graves, giving life again. That is where we are headed, out of exile and into life. So do you see? There's way more to this than just abortion is bad. Well, why is it bad? Because life is actually worth living. Because life is a gift and a miracle. It's the one thing that we're not able to bring about on our own. We can't sustain it no matter how hard we try either. It is only a gift of God that any single one of you is alive. Now, I have a friend who, uh, he says that you should... You should frame your diplomas and display them on your, your wall, I guess if that's in your home or in your office, wherever. Whatever diplomas you have. I mean, if that's your like, GED or if it's your PhD or, or, or your fourth uh, PhD, whatever it is, like, you should put them there and display them. 
Now, I don't know, sometimes I judge people who have their diplomas displayed too prominently. Like, who do they think they are? But it's not so that other people would see them and be impressed. It's for you. So you see those things there. And then when you feel like giving up, you see those pieces of paper on the wall and you think about all the people who had a part in teaching you, the people who themselves gave their lives and parts of their lives to teach you, for you. And then you look at those pieces of paper and you think about all the hard work that actually it, that you put into it to get you to where you are. And he says, you put those diplomas on the wall so that you don't throw it away and mess it all up. And the same thing goes for your life. Your parents, whether they were good or bad, they worked really hard for you. I mean, someone carried you around in their belly for nine months. That is wild. And then they took care of you as a baby and then they changed your diapers and fed you and did all that stuff that you have to do with the babies because they can't do anything. And then they took care of you. And I know this about each and every single one of you because I know that not a single one of you here was born fully formed and able to do any of these things on your own. You were all babies. Just like Jesus was a baby. So, no, do not be surprised, then, when something is actually asked of you, when the church demands something of you, when your God actually asks something of you. It may be your life, or it may be to help those who are suffering to suffer alongside them, maybe to change a diaper, even, or to bring someone into your own home, even. Why bother? Well, because life is a gift. It's not yours to waste. It's given to live in the full confidence and anticipation of the resurrection that awaits all of us. And this mercy is given through Christ to all the holy innocents, to your own holy innocence, to Herod, even, if he would have it. And then, finally, to you. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.